Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Like sands through the Blackwater, so are the days of our Milton. And now, another episode of City Council Melodrama Theater. We have a lot of problems with honesty and transparency and forthrightness. That's what we need to be looking at here is being forthright, giving you the whole story on something, okay? I don't like the fact that the community members have to be watchdogs and come up here and tell y'all this wasn't done right. I don't like the fact that I was basically portrayed as being um, spreading misinformation or that I was a liar. All right. So this is Pam Mitchell, one of the uh, critics of the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, uh, what Not my term, but what other people I know have referred to as the pitchfork posse. This is the group of people who are just out for blood. Uh, you know, some of them first got Dan Shebler uh, removed as the um, uh, city admi- uh, county administrator for Santa Rosa County. Uh, they have in the last couple of years been highly focused on particularly the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, some of them uh, live in Cooper's Basin, which is right by where the plant is going to go, and uh, they've been very worked up about that, among other things. And so Pam Mitchell is, um, th- th- some of this all came to a head uh, at last Tuesday's meeting because Randy Jorgensen, here, here's kind of the background. Um, they Pam was the one who had asked about whether the city was being investigated by uh, DEP, and he said no. And uh, then later comes forward with, there were some violations, some discharges, and some level exceedances on things like copper in the uh, um, uh, the effluent. Uh, so there's going to be a $50,000 fine that the city's going to have to pay. And uh, basically, th- they came back and said, aha, you lied. We were under investigation. And the sort of the long and the short of it is, well, the city wasn't under investigation. The incidents were kind of being looked at. But as Joe Cook, the public works director, explained, um, the incidents... They didn't come out and look. We just sent them the reports, and they they issued the fines based on the reports. So this notion that you know Randy Jorgensen lied to everybody, I think he answered the question accurately. But you know they're like, well, close enough for us. And you know again after the miscommunication by um, a former county administrator Dan Shebler, which you know that got made into way more than it ever was in the first place, and then you know he got let go because of it. Uh, they think they've got blood in the water again here. Sorry to mix the metaphors with wastewater here, uh, but uh, about Randy Jorgensen. So Randy gets up there to explain that you've got this fifty thousand dollar fine penalty from DEO. You have in your possession a consent order from the Department of Environmental Protection for the city of Milton and the operation of its wastewater treatment plant for a period of approximately three years. So over the course of three years, the current wastewater treatment plant that discharges into the black water right now. There are uh, eight levels of exceedance of copper, nine of nitrogen, and eight spills that occurred during that period of time. The consent orders are not uncommon for purveyors of sewer services. Yeah, I mean, spills happen. Big rains, weird things. Stuff. I mean, we get notices from ECUA all the time of spills, right? It just it Stuff happens all the time. It's very common, and there's a fine, and that's just kind of all there is to it. And what Randy says is, this is why we're building a wastewater treatment plant, is to avoid this kind of stuff. This order, in fact, uh, from my perspective, reinforces 
uh, in part, the reason for the construction of a new facility to meet this community and the surrounding area's needs and will allow us to alleviate these concerns in the future. Yeah, that's kind of the point. Again, $50,000 is what they're going to wind up having to pay. And uh, so Pam Mitchell says, no, Randy, in case you don't know, is the city administrator for the city of Milton. Everything was said that it was reported by the book, that the city did everything by the book. Um, If the city did everything by the book, you wouldn't be looking at a $50,000 fine, okay? Well, you can do everything right and still have spills and exceedances and problems in an old plant that need to be replaced. And so you can actually do everything well. But there was an additional problem because one time there was a, a, a waste, uh, an overflow a spill, and the city reported it to DEP. But for some reason, there was like a toggle box or something on the reporting form that they did not, uh, they did not do some additional step, and therefore the public was not immediately notified. Okay, and so you couldn't, you know, you wouldn't have known that it happened because of that. Now, is that deliberate hiding of information from the public? Is that a form that seemed to be a little bit different? Was that just plain human error? I mean, the last two, right? But again, the Pitchfork Posse is very worked up about how this thing is proof that we were lied to. If the city had reported the public notice the weekend of Memorial Day and given the public the opportunity to make a decision whether they wanted to swim in water that feces was in, then we wouldn't be looking maybe at this $50,000 fine. And so then you have last summer, you know, Pam Mitchell had asked if the city's under investigation. Randy said no. Then it looks, you know, because the incident maybe was being investigated, but the city itself, like some widespread pattern of neglect or abuse or mismanagement, certainly that's not, and that's why he answered it the way that he did. And then Lauren Cooper gets into all of this business about how obnoxious all of this was, and we'll play this in a second. Before we do, let's get Candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. Just taking a look around. Good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays right now. Highway 90 is accident-free. 98 not showing those delays. And it looks like Three Mile Bridge, of course, flowing tra- uh, just fine in both directions. Traffic tips you can text for 37 20 News Radio 923 Informative Local Dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. And again, Lauren Cooper, Cooper's Basin. Okay, you see the connection, the family connection there. She's one of the other people who's sort of often involved in these conversations from the public. Y'all heard all of that yourselves. And y'all allowed us to be painted. In fact, two of you invited your wives to come to that meeting that night. Oh, by the way, one more brief fact worth knowing is back in November, there was a presentation given by um, the city by, uh, I think Ed Spears is the one who actually gave it, but it might have been partially Randy. I I just don't remember who did the speaking. Um, But it was basically a presentation of things that have been said about the wastewater treatment plant by this group, okay, and especially online, and then facts that refute what they were saying that show that what they were saying was inaccurate, misleading, whatever, okay? So there's there's a lot of background here. So for the show so that we could be called basically terrorist. And all of y'all were okay with that because all of y'all have sat quietly and allowed misinformation to come from your employee and you've allowed your citizens to be maligned in that manner. And every one of you are sitting there quiet, not saying a word, but he lied to the public and he lied to every one of y'all. I'm telling you, I never felt lied to. Thank you, ma'am. Do something about this. This is wrong. And we're going to remind you, I promise. By the way, did you catch the predator sound right there in the middle? Yes. I think that was Jeff Snow 
getting ready to say something and then decided not to because trust me later he will. <laughs> Got it. Trust me later Pre-predator. he will. Predator. That's right. That's a predator warning shot is what that is. I know it sounds Sheriff Chapman. plausible that there are mishaps in sewer plants. The county has a sewer wastewater treatment plant in on Navarre Beach. It has never been breached with a hurricane, ever. Well, Public Works Director Joe Cook says... I appreciate you, Mr. Cook. The holding information from the public is not a true statement. We reported that spill immediately when it happened. What we didn't do, my man, didn't do human error. He didn't do the public notice. But if you went on the form where we reported, you would think that it does it automatically, which we found out at that time it didn't. And if I got a five-gallon bucket and you got eight gallons of water, you pour eight gallons of water in my five-gallon bucket, I can't hold it. Meaning there are going to be spills. So, you know, you're going to have sewer spills. I don't care who you are. And the Bar Beach, I rebuilt the plant and all the piping down there in 99. So it has been breached it has been and before and it was built better the newer version of it was more resilient so that's the whole point of why we're building a new plant (laughs) it's because you got this problem with the old one (sighs) never enough though response from pam mitchell i can deal with the human error thing all day long but tell me the truth own up to what you've done and we'll move on don't sit there and make me out to be a liar when I'm telling the truth. Yes, ma'am. I understand. Well, you know, I asked for order. This is Heather Lindsay, uh, Because mayor. we're not going to sit out there and have comments out in the audience. How do you want me to hold them accountable? I, I know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my job. But that doesn't mean I'm going to entertain a public flogging uh, of, of an employee um, right now. Y'all, y'all gave me a complaint and I'm investigating it. So you're, if you're not going to let me finish my process before you criticize us for not holding them accountable, then, you know, I, I respectfully ask you to be patient and realize that I'm doing the best I can. So she's working on it. She's working on that November meeting when the presentation and she's also working on uh, other aspects, she says, to kind of just figure out if there's any reprimands that need to be issued. Pam Mitchell responds. And I can understand that and I can appreciate it. However, you have a situation where It is now obvious that there have been some mistruths spoken. They've been spoken to the public. We're allowed to be outraged. All right. So in my opinion, the people who have been attacking the wastewater treatment plant have been more routinely guilty of misrepresentation and regularly so. Okay. Uh, Not always. They sometimes say things that are very useful and interesting and hadn't otherwise been brought up, but often it happened a lot. And I haven't heard that from the city. I've heard fairly reliable information from the city and stories that make sense, cohere with the evidence and fit with, for example, like what DEP says. So that's my short take on the who's got the right of it business. But again, this is the warm up. <laughs> Trust me, 710, 710. We'll find out the best, the, the most dramatic scene, Act 3, coming up later. It was a good meeting for the first hour. It was. It was calm, fine, no big deal. Second hour off the rails. 622 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. 
every Volkswagen has style and performance, but there's something else that comes with new VWs from Peak More Imports, and it's called Carefree Coverage. VW Carefree Coverage is standard on VW crossovers and SUVs and includes the first two years of manufacturer maintenance intervals for two years or 20,000 miles, whichever occurs first, and it's free. So with the 2023 Taos S starting from 25641, you're covered with carefree maintenance. The Tiguan S from 28 to 27, it's covered with carefree maintenance. And the seven-passenger Atlas SE with technology from 42632, it's covered with VW carefree maintenance. Plus, all of these models are available for 3.9% financing. So go carefree with carefree maintenance on your next crossover or SUV from Pete Moore Imports. They're not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Pete Moore Imports, New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Prices before tag, tax, title, and associated dealer fees. Special financing rate for qualifying credit through BCI. See dealer for details. This is Pastor Carl Gallops of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church here in Milton. If you're looking for a church family that is truly amazing, let me invite you to come and worship with us this Sunday. Here's what you'll find. A church whose doors are open to all people wishing to worship and serve the Lord. You'll find a church where the exaltation of Jesus and the accurate preaching and teaching of the contextual Word of God is the centerpiece. You'll find a consistently solid, peaceful, and friendly family of multiplied hundreds of people. You'll find dynamic, spirit-filled worship services, youth ministries, children's ministries, senior adult ministries, men and women's ministries, praise teams, choirs, ensembles, and drama ministries. Plenty of opportunity for Bible study and guidance for your Christian life. In other words, when you and your family get up on Sunday mornings from now on, you'll say, oh good, it's time to go to church. For directions and worship service times, look us up in the phone book or call the church office at 623-8959 or visit us on the web at www.hickoryhammockbaptist.org. And then we'll see you Sunday. <coughs> My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. Stream us online at NewsRadio923.com. Or download the NewsRadio Pensacola app. Good morning! Morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Morning, 625 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Candy has traffic on the fives. Candy? You got it. Uh, Navarre Parkway and Jessica Way on Highway 98. That is to say, and Jessica Way showing an accident, but no roadblock this morning, so it should be pretty easy to get around. And good morning to Donovan. Thank you for listening this morning. Chase Street, Gregory Street, uh, Garden, Palafox, all checking in clear. Taking a look downtown. And traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much. Now into the newsroom, David Wayne has our headlines. David? New research indicates COVID-19 can damage the heart on a cellular level, leading to long-term problems. This research was done at Columbia University and found that COVID damaged the, uh, the way the heart cells regulate calcium. They say the damage may not be permanent, but they need more research. Twitter now facing lawsuits totaling $14 million for apparently not paying bills 
The Wall Street Journal reported yesterday that there were at least nine lawsuits pending, accusing Twitter of skipping out on rent and other financial obligations. And your old iPhone might now be a valuable collectible. Apparently, uh, an iPhone, an original iPhone, still sealed in its box, went for more than $63,000 at an auction last weekend. The uh, 8-gigabyte phone was uh, $600 brand new in 2007. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how many people out there kept NIB iPhones from back in the day. You know, because you had to you had to keep it all this time, never open it, even to activate it at all. Like, whoa, 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 no, don't open it! <laughs> you know, all this time. Cause, <laughs> like the Barbies your mom exactly, would probably, Exactly, you. but you know, Maybe. I guess somebody capitalized very well on that. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. Uh, 627 here on News Radio 923. Um, you know, a lot of folks, okay, what happens is, and I know we went through this with, you know, uh, one grandparent for me when I was a little bit younger and, you know, I'm in my 50s. Okay, your parents get older. You start to worry about them and wonder if they're still able to take care of themselves. And if you're, you know, 40s and 50s, you might be noticing your parents and you might be noticing that they've, you know, lost some of that ability. And so maybe you have to help them bathe, dress, you know, grooming, toileting, that kind of stuff, cooking, cleaning, right? And at a certain point, it gets to be too much for you. Okay, but you always said, and I understand, you know, I don't ever want to put them in a nursing home. I'm not going to do that. Okay, there's an in-between measure. It's called assisted living. And if you're not familiar with it, the basic idea is they continue to live independently. It's like being in an apartment, only they get help with all of the stuff that they can't do for themselves so that they can live as independently as possible. But even once you kind of grasp that idea and realize that's good for them, good for you, then where do you go? Because there's like 32 locally. Which one is right? Which one is the right price? Which All of that. That's why you call assisted living locators. My good friend John Horton, no charge, okay? He works with people just like you all the time, helps you understand this process, answers your questions, and more importantly, figure out What's the right place for your loved one? 712-0887, 712-0887, or look them up online at assistedlivinglocators.com. 628, we've got new, well, not, I guess that some of them are new, but Major League Baseball is going through a substantial rules change this year. Uh, things like they're going to have a pitch clock on. That means that in between pitches, uh, you've only got a 15, sorry, uh, uh, 15 seconds between pitches. Remember, we've been doing this for a while in the minor leagues. Yeah, okay? that's what I thought. Yeah, 15 seconds between pitches, which is short. Um, 20 seconds between pitches when a runner's on base, because that's when you've got more things going on. You're distracted, paying attention to them, uh, doing throw over, step offs, that kind of stuff. And then 30 seconds only between batters. And there are other rules, by the way, as well. For example, the batters themselves have limits, like how fast they have to get back in the batter's box. A catcher has only got nine seconds. Uh, when the clock is down to nine out of 15, they got to be ready. And the hitter has to be ready at eight. So none of this like step out, adjust your straps, put, you know, all kick off the spikes, all that kind of stuff. That's not going to be happening anymore. Theoretically, the one that's the there, there are two that are the most important here. The first is that you can only disengage from the batters if you're a pitcher three times. You know, like if you step off of the the rubber and you decide to not, you know, just look back the runner to first base, you can do that three times, including a throwover. And if you haven't produced an out in three step offs or throws they get a free base. So the whole like throw to first, throw to first, step off, throw to first, not anymore. Three times, and if they you don't catch them, okay, then they get to advance. So I am sure runners are going to be taking advantage of this, trying to provoke throws or step offs, and you're going to see a lot of activity at first base. The other thing is that the bases are bigger. The bases are 18 inches instead of 15 inches. That might not seem like a lot, but think of how many plays are that close at first or steals at second, 
And this could be a huge change in the number of stolen bases or base hits based on that change in size. It's meant to be for safety, but it makes it that much harder, for example, to block the base, you know, if you're the second baseman. And then the other one is no more shifting. You're not allowed to have, you have to have two infielders on the left side of second base and two infielders on the right side of second base. They cannot cross over and play the shift. Uh, outfielders could come in. That's still allowed, but I, weird. A lot of weird changes. David Wayne, what do you have coming up, sir? Sentencing scheduled for Trent and Newkirk. More after Fox. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. There are speeches today about the war in Ukraine from President Biden in Poland in a few hours and Russian President Vladimir Putin claiming he's protecting Russians from the West and from Nazis. These are not new assertions from President Putin, but they're being delivered with extra vigor as he attempts to shore up support for his invasion days before its first anniversary. He's also promising extra help for the families of soldiers who died. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. The Supreme Court hears cases today and tomorrow about the 1996 law protecting tech and social media companies from being sued over users' content. A California family who lost a daughter in a terrorist attack in Paris is suing Google and YouTube, claiming the companies knowingly permitted ISIS to post hundreds of radicalizing videos inciting violence and recommended ISIS videos to users. Another case focuses on whether Twitter may be sued for allegedly aiding terrorists. Fox's Kristen Goodwin. America's listening to Fox News. Treatment to someone... Good morning, it's 6.31, News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. Cloudy skies, 68 degrees right now in Pensacola. Well, a lot of the attention last week was on that big OLF-8 bidding war, but Escambia County leaders also moving forward on plans uh, to win up to $53 million in grant funding through the Rebuild Florida Hurricane Sally Infrastructure Repair Program. The county is looking for public comment for 30 days on five proposed projects. The biggest of those is $30 million to build a new ECAT transit center. The building is 50 years outdated. And to me, you know, transit is universal. I mean, if I was going to pick a project, I'm going to pick that, but I think that that affects all of our districts, but I mean, we're just, you can't even park there. It's a, it's just an accident waiting to happen. Someone's going to get ran over. Another $20 million proposal would go towards a multi-use sports facility at Ashton Brosnahan Park, and a third project would uh, include upgrades at the Pensacola Bay Center and the Beach Haven Stormwater and Sewer Project. Comments can be submitted on any of these proposed programs at Sally Recovery Grant at MyAscambia.com until March 20th. Sentencing is now scheduled later this spring for the Pensacola man that was convicted of fatally shooting a 16-year-old back in 2020. According to Channel 3, 22-year-old Trenton Newkirk was found guilty of second-degree murder Friday. In December of 2020, he shot and killed 16-year-old Jeffrey Kennel Jr. at the Forest Creek Apartments over on Patton Drive. Newkirk will be sentenced on April 19th. An employee of a Mississippi-based plumbing company now facing theft charges for allegedly purchasing materials on his company's account, then scrapping them at a scrapyard in Fort Walton Beach. 43-year-old Stephen Holmes of Pascagoula, Mississippi, worked for Broussard Plumbing. He'd been hired to work with on the new Eglin Federal Credit Union over in Okaloosa County. According to an arrest report, Holmes purchased thousands of pounds worth of copper, prep steel, yellow brass, and sheet iron on a company account, then allegedly took those materials to a scrapyard and made over $2,000. Holmes was arrested on grand theft charges he's since 
been released on bond. The Pensacola man arrested after yesterday's attempted truck theft and a shooting has had several run-ins with the law. According to Escambia County Jail Records, Aubrey Grandison has been arrested 10 times. Pensacola Police Spokesman Mike Wood says yesterday's incident could have been avoided pretty easily. We got two problems here. We got a vehicle that was left running uh, that was stolen and it had a gun in it that was loaded and that ultimately was used against the owner. And Wood says this should serve as a warning to residents to make sure your valuables are secured wherever you are. Investigators say Grandison stole the truck from a Circle K on A and Garden Streets and shot at the owner at least three times after he hopped in the bed of the truck. Nobody was hurt, but a nearby car was hit by a bullet. It is 635 at News Radio 923. Let's get a look at your traffic on the fives with Candy. Good news is that we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays right now. Um, Double checking that, yes. Highway 98 and Jessica Way in Navarre showing an accident. But again, no roadblocks, so it should be pretty easy to get where you're going. Happy Mardi Gras, by the way. Happy Fat Tuesday. Uh, It's funny, where I used to work in Mobile, they would all get the day off like a holiday <laughs> today and tomorrow. Um, and hopefully that's the case for you too, but I, I'm not showing any accidents. If you're on your way over to Mobile, it looks like I-10 and I-110 uh, reporting as clear. Certainly if you see an accident or a slowdown, a traffic tip, text 437 It's News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thank you very much, Candy. Now a look at our Channel 3 forecast. Nice day out there today with temperatures warming up into the mid to upper 70s, partly cloudy skies, low overnight near 65 degrees. As you go into Tuesday, warm pattern will continue with a high near 78 degrees, small chance of a stray shower, otherwise partly cloudy with lows overnight dropping into the upper 60s. For Thursday, temperatures will warm up close to 80 degrees with lows overnight in the upper 60s. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, cloudy skies, 68 in Pensacola, 67 in Gulf Breeze, and 68 in Milton. Our next news at 7 o'clock. Breaking News anytime. News Radio 92.3. Your money now. Ericsson plans to cut about 1,400 jobs in Sweden as the telecom equipment giant contends with slowing demand for its 5G gear in markets, including the U.S. The cuts are part of an effort the company announced late last year to reduce costs by $860 million by the end of 2023 through streamlining processes closing facilities and using fewer consultants. Global banking giant HSBC reported a sharp rise in fourth quarter profit driven by higher interest rates. The bank's profit more than doubled in the final three months of 2022 from a year earlier to $4.6 billion and handily beat analyst estimates of $3.4 billion in profit. HSBC is Europe's largest bank by market value. While based in London, it earns most of its money in Asia. When interest rates rise, banks are typically able to lift the rates they charge consumers and businesses by more of their own funding costs increasing. That's your money now. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to
allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's creoninfo.com. Hey, Pensacola, Dave Ramsey here. I want to talk to you about my friends over at Gulf Coast Air Care. They've been trusted members of your community for over 25 years. Owner Todd St. Ors and his team focus on the indoor air quality side of HVAC for the people who want comfortable, healthy, and energy-efficient homes and workplaces. Gulf Coast Air Care can help you with dusty, moldy, or leaky duct systems, hot or cold rooms, and odors, and humidity issues. They test for duct leaks, and they do the repairs. If you need duct cleaning, duct repairs, or air filtration, you should call them today. Remember what Todd always says, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Call Gulf Coast Air Care today at 850-934-2768 or visit them online at gulfcoastaircare.com. That's 850-934-2768 or gulfcoastaircare.com. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. Morning, 640 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. All right, strap in. This is going to be a fun conversation because uh, Alex Andrade is our state representative uh, for District 2 in uh, the, for the House. And uh, a new father, by the way. Congratulations. First time officially I've said it on the air, Alex. So, congratulations. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you very much, Andrew. I appreciate it. So he's got a newborn. He's driving to Tallahassee, and he pulls over to take time to talk to me. Just, you know, <laughs> the man does a few things. I love it. Anyway, and also a lawyer. Uh, in his day life, he's the uh, attorney for the city of Milton, uh, among other things. But, okay, so uh, you have filed a bill, HB 951, and this is a bill, the title of it is Defamation, and it's designed, it, as I've read the bill now, and as you know, you and I have talked a little bit, this is the follow-up to what Governor DeSantis did about two weeks ago when he convened this roundtable to talk about defamation, libel, media, anonymous sources, uh, uh, harm to people's reputation to our individuals, and primarily within the context of New York Times versus Sullivan, this incredibly famous Supreme Court case in which the malice standard was created. I, I, the bill is interesting. My first question is, um, are you trying to work within the framework of New York Times versus Sullivan and uh, sort of tinker with some of the stuff? Or are you really a, 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 intending this as a challenge to New York Times versus Sullivan? Um, so I, I, I would preface it. I, I, I consider it more of like a challenge back against uh, that concept of New York Times versus Sullivan. And for the folks listening, um, the concept of New York Times versus Sullivan was the New York Times ran a, a, an ad 
Um, and uh, it was uh, it offended the subject of that advertisement. This was back in the civil rights era. Uh, a public figure, I believe, in Alabama was offended by their depiction in this advertisement that the New York Times ran. And the question was, you know, does this public figure really have a right to be protected? Um, you know, and does the New York Times have some responsibility to verify um, the the language and advertisements that they happen to be running? And you know, at the time, you know, the kind of subject was, you know, we we expect public figures to have somewhat more thick skin, so there's a higher standard applied when public figures try and sue for defamation. Um, and, and by know, the way, just in in the case, the ad did contain some minor factual inaccuracies, and so what they ran did have some falsity in it, and that's where the police chief brought his case against them in court. And eventually, the New York Times was exonerated in this malice standard that you have to show you either knew the thing was false and had malice toward the subject, or that you were negligent in following the facts and you should have known that it was false before you published it. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, and so so the two big questions in defamation lawsuits and and. I, you know, I've, I've filed defamation lawsuits. I, I represent Kerry Smith, uh, the county commissioner in Santa Rosa County, against uh, uh, Mark Subley, the consultant that ran a, a defamatory mailer saying, you know, some awful things about him. But um, the two big issues always in defamation are, well, how do you prove damages? Because a lot of times the, the the method of calculating damages is very difficult. And then what's the what's the standard applied for liability? And for public figures, the standard currently is some type of actual malice and you know, a lot of people, a lot of courts interpret that to mean some type of really uh, uh, egregious intent and in, like true intent to cause harm to the person. Um, and not only that, but, you know, knowing that it was false when you published it with your intent to cause harm. And it's just an incredibly high standard a lot of times to meet. Um, and because of such a high standard, there's been kind of a, um, a, a lax approach from a lot of media outlets when it comes to fact-checking things before they run it. I think the best example was Newsweek, of all people, ran a ran an article uh, two weeks ago about Matt Gates. The only source of that information for this article was Rebecca Jones, who they had to acknowledge had admitted guilt and admitted a felony, had lost a, a campaign against Matt Gates, and. They had to acknowledge all these egregious things about how unreliable the one source was for this information. And they still published this article just based on her claims, even though she's a, you know, she's been proven to be a liar time and again. Um, the standards just so incredibly high that you know you have media outlets right now that don't really take it seriously. And you and part of that's in the bill are things like if you fail to corroborate the evidence that you're reporting that is presumptive evidence of actual malice. If you use an anonymous source only or anonymous sources only, that is presumptive uh, uh, defamation, presumed to be false, essentially. And so what you're trying to change is not so much the proving of the heart of the publisher. You're just proving the failure of their diligence in terms of establishing the factuality of the things that they're publishing. Um, now, my, my question, go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, that's the dangerous part about the media currently, is people assume that the media is doing the, the basic fundamental due diligence that we've come to expect. We expect journalists to have two sources at least before they can publish a piece. But we also have people that engage and they hide behind the opinion section of a, of a, a media outlet, and they, they only use one source, and they publish something like fact, which, you know, things that are verifiably false. Um, I have my own personal examples of that. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, so and, and, no, and also, and, and, and sometimes the, you know, the game is, um, well, I haven't been able to verify whether anybody else is saying this, but I wanted to bring it to you anyway. Well, the answer there is you don't go with that. <laughs> I mean, you can't like, I have all kinds of things that I do not say on the air uh, that would be very important if they were true, but I've never been able to find somebody else uh, either on the record or somebody else to corroborate it. You know, and so that's just the job. That's the gig. You don't report stuff until you have better confirmation of it being true. Uh, Alex, hang on, but but not everybody does it that way, and that's the sad part. Uh, Alex, hang on for me for just a second. We're talking to Alex Andrade, our state representative. Let's get candy in here with traffic on the fives. And uh, taking a look around, good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays. It looks like uh, everything is running clear. All exits off I-10, I-110, Reporting as clear, and certainly if you see an accident or a slowdown, 437-1620, text it in. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. One of the other side, not side, but one of the other key things that you've got in this bill is a recognition that the federalization of defamation law has been harmful to defamation law itself, being able to keep up, for example, with technology. Could you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah. So uh, for, for the folks listening at home, um, because we're, you know, a system of 50 separate states and there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, power that comes in each state to, to dictate kind of our, our rules and engagement and our, our societal, you know, uh, boundaries, um, we're supposed to be able to set things like our private causes of action. You know, the elements of specific torts and statutory causes of action in Florida are very different than they could be in California or Oregon or even Alabama. Um, so uh, in this one context, um, the Supreme Court, after New York Times versus Sullivan, really kind of took those reins away from uh, each individual state in one type of, you know, tort, one tort action, defamation. Um, because of that, it's become a very centralized uh, system where it's, you know, even a lawsuit on defamation is now somehow de facto government action. Um, what this bill is really trying to say is, no, this is still a private cause of action. This is a, a cause of action between two private individuals. Um, the standards for proving harm, the standards for bringing this cause of action, the jurisdiction to oversee this cause of action, those should be things that are left to each individual state to dictate. Um, so bringing it back to that type of state model will allow us to really try and address it. And you know, hopefully other states take note and you know, they they come up with their own plans, and you know, in a, a, a decade or a few years from now, we we kind of have a better idea of where this should land. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Much all know that it's not right right now. Exactly. And I also one of the other elements of this uh, proposed law that you've got is you know the availability to win attorneys' fees if you prevail, which of course is not true right now. Um, the uh, also the ability for you not to have to be called a public figure just because you did some interview or because you were on a video that showed up on social media or because you filed a libel claim that doesn't make you a public figure or just because you happen to be a government employee, not an elected official. I, these are all. I look. I read the law. I thought it was very very interesting. And obviously what's going to play out here is you guys are going to pass this law if you do, and the governor's going to sign it if he does. And then somebody's going to get sued over defamation. And then, you know, the plaintiff is going to win and it's going to go to the Florida courts following this law. And then they're going to say, whoa, 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 New York Times versus Sullivan. And the Supreme Court's going to have to weigh in and decide whether the law stands or not. So we're a long way from real outcomes, but this is how processes get started. Hey, other thing, I just wanted to real quick, and I know this is not a fair thing to get into with so little time, Alex, but Today at the Supreme Court, there's one of two very interesting cases being heard. This one is having to do with YouTube publishing and promoting 
ISIS videos to other viewers. And the reason they're being the, the reason this case is interesting is because if the algorithm that promotes things to you is speech, on the one hand, you can be held accountable for it, and Section 230 doesn't protect you. You can be, again, in the realm of defamation or in the realm of actual harm. You know, you can be sued for that um, if there's actual harm. But the flip side of that is, if the algorithm is speech, then social media companies are speaking, and there are protections for that. I don't like that implication because I'm, I want to regulate the social media companies. So why don't you take a minute or so and take a crack at some of that stuff? Yeah, so the, the idea of Section 230 in federal law is protection from these websites, the, the Internet. Um, the, the initial claim was, well, we're just passive platforms for other people's speech. We should be exempt from these defamation lawsuits, private causes of action. The state of Florida, we, we try to regulate big tech, and we regulate it on, in a, on a concept of consumer protection. Yeah. Um, you know, that everyone should understand the rules that they're living by. Everyone should understand exactly what playing field that they're on. We didn't try and regulate content. Um, the, you know, I'm perfectly fine opening up 230 and saying, no, some websites that are engaging and trying to steer eyeballs, trying to control the viewer experience, the, the participant experience, they should be subjected to private causes of action. The internet is now a fully, fully fleshed out industry. It no longer deserves special protection to allow it to grow without private causes of action, without, you know, plaintiff's lawyers getting involved. At this point, it's an established entity. It's an institution. It's, you could argue, the most important institution in most people's daily lives. And it shouldn't be exempt from, from you know, the societal norms that we've come to expect in every other instance. So um, I'm looking forward to the Supreme Court considering that, taking those other instances into account. And, you know, hopefully it'll, again, yield some some you know, good outcomes for better actions and activities on behalf of, you know, internet companies that have kind of, you know, operated without much restriction in the way of, you know, common decency for the past several decades. Right. And just like New York Times versus Sullivan has been protecting media companies from what they do that winds up being defamatory, uh, Section 230 has been protecting social media companies from what they facilitate that is defamatory or worse. So, yeah, they're very closely connected philosophically. Alex Andrade is our state representative for District 2, uh, heading over to Tallahassee. Uh, Alex, as always, thank you so much for the time and the thoughtful commentary on the events, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. 652 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Hello, this is Mary with Howard Young Flooring. Shopping for flooring can be a little overwhelming. At Howard Young Flooring, we are here to help you any way we can and answer any questions you may have so that you can make knowledgeable decisions. We understand the importance of each and every customer and would like to thank you for allowing us into your homes. For those we have not met, we hope to see you soon. Visit us today at 4333 Avalon Boulevard in Milton. We look forward to covering your future. The new year means a new resolution, and one of the sure things on the menu is weight loss. Tune in today at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as one of the ProHealth team members will be the guest, and we'll be discussing how ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program can help you during the new year and beyond. Get ready to feel and look better with the ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program. That's today at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. From county commissioner meetings to the blues, Andrew covers it all on your morning drive on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. 
National average for gallon of gas, 340. Florida average, 331. Texas is 299, and California is 473. And Navarre, 321 east of the Walmart, 319 west of the Walmart. Foot of the Garcon Point Bridge, the Murphy Cross the Road, 321. 325 in Gulf Breeze at the Exxon. 313 in Milton at the Raceway before Avalon. Same price at the P Ridge Murphy. Three, if you go to 317, that's actually the, uh, which station is that? Uh, clicked right off of it there. It didn't help at all. Uh, it's the second station there in Pace. If you keep driving, you'll see it eventually. Uh, <laughs> I just forget which one that is. Uh, 304 at the, market, the uh, Walmart neighborhood market on 9 Mile. 301 at the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29. And coming in from the southwest side where the prices are always higher, 312 at the TNC on Navy. These gas prices are brought to you by Pete Moore Volkswagen with the lowest out-the-door price in your next new Volkswagen, Pete Moore Imports. Dot com. 655 here on News Radio 92.3. Before we get David Wayne in here with our headlines, let's get candy with the uh, traffic on the fives. All right. This, sure. This is brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Berry Hill Road, Dogwood Drive, Hamilton Bridge Road, and Glover Lane all clear. Not showing any problems. Pine Blossom and Oriole Street also clear. Uh, if you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. This is again brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Pensacola Habitat uh, Food Truck Festival. That happens this week in February 25th, 26th at Community Maritime Park. Follow Pensacola Habitat for Humanity on Facebook, or you can Google it and get more information. Uh, again, 437-1620. Text in those traffic tips. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Now David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? At least six people have died. Hundreds more injured after a magnitude 6.3 earthquake hit southern Turkey yesterday. And this is, of course, just two weeks after that magnitude 7.8 earthquake uh, killed 46,000 people in Turkey and Syria. The Turkish interior minister says there have been more than two dozen aftershocks yeah. since yesterday. I was, that's what I was assuming is aftershocks, and they can be bad, yeah. A hmm. uh, 53-year-old man in Germany, now the fifth person confirmed to be cured of HIV. Researchers said the man stopped his HIV medication four years ago, still has no detectable virus in his body. Uh, in his body, doctors say he was cured after receiving a stem cell transplant. And President Biden is in Poland today. He'll be delivering remarks after his surprise visit to Ukraine yesterday. Wow, that's that's fantastic. They found I mean, they have at least one person that four years is cured of HIV because not just for HIV, but right. for all kinds of other things, the applications of which might hold. That's Fantastic news. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 656 here on News Radio 92.3. And, you know, look, we're in the spring right now and you're thinking about summer grass. Maybe not, but I want you to for a second because, you know, when you walk through the neighborhood and you're like, oh, they got great grass. And then you're like, oh, don't look at my grass. Okay, the time to start thinking about solving that problem is not July. Too late. <laughs> Too late in July. Start thinking about that now. That's the idea. And NSEC, they've got a healthy lawn program, makes your lawn healthy, lush, and helps keep your weeds to a minimum. They provide eight annual applications, time program targeted to get your lawn what it needs and when. That's the key, when it needs it. It's easy to get started with a free lawn analysis and an estimate. Uh, again, no cost to that. Your initial soil sample will indicate what amendments are needed and will create a plan for your specific lawn success. You'll get fertilizer applications with each standard service, uh, along with seasonal pre-emergent weed control 
control, uh, broadleaf and grassy weed control, insect control, and fungicide applications. And Insect's Healthy Lawn Program offers aeration, sod and plugging, and they'll even recommend grass types to you. Sign up today, get your first lawn application free with any new annual program. That includes that initial soil sample, lime treatment on the average yard, and NSEC is hiring. Full-time pest and lawn technicians in Pensacola, Mobile, Baldwin County, Panama City, great pay benefits, 401k health insurance, all the bells and whistles. It's a career, not just a job, with opportunities for growth. Apply at Work with NSEC. That's E-N-S-E-C dot com. 658 on News Radio 92.3. Time for future news. That's when Candy and I tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Uh, Supreme Court today hearing oral arguments in that YouTube case uh, about whether recommending videos puts them outside of the protection of Section 230. How do you think this Supreme Court rules on that. I mean, I never really thought about it, but the ISIS thing throws me. So, yeah, I think they're going to roll on that. I, I really you know? hope yes. <laughs> I really us. hope. I mean, hello. I really hope yes. I'm super curious to hear the arguments and where the Supreme Court's going to go with this. I think tomorrow's case is less likely uh, because it's the, the, the connections aren't don't, don't, don't work as well there with the Twitter version of this case. Um, we are uh, looking at baseball rules that are going to change dramatically this year in Major League Baseball. Will there be a lot more base stealing going on? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Oh, you will. They will at least try. Sure. They will at least be trying, and I think there will be a lot more of that. Facebook verified. Do you think people will pay? 11 bucks. Well, or if you're on your device, it's like 14 or something, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Do you think people will pay that amount in order to be, you know, verified and to be protected from being cloned and whatever other benefits they view as coming from this? Having more say when you get, you know, on your content being controlled, I guess, is one of the elements of this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm already paying Netflix. I don't, you know what I mean? It's, 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 like it's, another it's thing. a weird one. So, yeah, because yeah, but you're, people love Facebook. You're so used to it being free. It's hard to imagine people being eager to pony up money. Now, if they had to pony up money, that's where it might get interesting. For now, it's optional. For now, he says. <laughs> Local talk in the afternoon with Bobby Rossi, 4 till 7, is on News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. Escambia County looking at three po- or five possible projects. They'd like your opinion on them. We'll tell you about them right after this update from Fox News here at News Radio 923. 